Mr. Devil here, Danny Danisco, three-time Stanley Cup champion of the New Jersey Devils. And you're listening to the Uncle Puckers New Jersey Devils podcast with Chris, Dan, Bobby, and Tony, the Uncle Puckers. Let's go, Devils! You guys remember that song at all? You know who that I was? Do. You remember that? I mean, it's I, I remember the song, but I don't really remember everything about it. It was Sib, who was the singer of the Gorilla Biscuits back Gorilla in the day. Gorilla Biscuits, okay. Yep. And, uh, the Gorilla Biscuits were Yeah, dude, Jesus. Gorilla Biscuits were amazing. That was like the maybe their big like breakout hit. That got a lot of radio play and stuff. Yeah, that was the big one. That was the, the one. That was him solo, not the Biscuits. That was just mm-hmm. Sib. Uh, right, okay. And I, I can't wait one minute more for hockey season, bitches. Exactly. And we have a trade, guys, tonight. Yeah, go ahead. What do we got? We got Shane Bowers from Boston. Um, young kid, uh, 23, 6'2". Um, played with Providence Bruins last year in Colorado Eagles. Uh, with bought the Bruins, he put up he had 20 goal, no, four goals, three assists in 20 games. And then with the Eagles, he had four goals and uh, ten assists to the center. And we gave away Riley Walsh, who it's not a big surprise. You know, Riley Walsh, I heard last year that he probably was not going to make it up to the team. And uh, it's not like not really shocking there. But, yeah, just happened about ten minutes ago. So this is wow. just somebody down in Utica, right? I mean. Yeah, and the kid only played the other, the other kid, Shane Bowers, has only played one game in the NHL with uh, Colorado. All right. And uh, Taylor Hall got traded from Boston yep. to Chicago now. So uh, there was a lot of talk about how uh, good he was with Nico Heischer his rookie year. And that's uh, from what I just saw as part of why Chicago was interested in him for Connor Bedard, um, which they will have on Wednesday draft? Thursday, right? Wednesday. 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 But tonight we have the awards, the bullshit NHL awards. Um so let's kind of talk about these. Tell me what you guys think. Are there going to be any surprises? Anybody you think? We'll start with that. Start with the Hart Trophy. All right. MVP. It, three finalists are Connor McDavid, David Pasternak, and Matthew Kachuk. Is, is there any argument on this one? I mean, it's definitely McDavid's, right? I believe so. I mean, I guess his numbers are like double everybody else, so kind yeah. of hard not to be. I mean, which is kind of like I think – as far as what a person did for their team, I actually think Matthew Kachuk did more for the Panthers. Exactly what I was thinking. Like the, the numbers are, you know, like hard to get around, which is a shame because you're right. Like as uh, who was the the most valuable to their team? I, look, I, if we take away, yeah, but we take McDavid's points. It's a huge hole in Edmonton season. Still, yeah. I mean, look, and I know you're not supposed to talk about playoffs, but look what Kachuk did and how essential he was for that team. He's out for a game, and it's all crumbling around him, you know? And, and uh, you, so you look at where they, you know, they basically throughout the season just got better and better and took more of his personality and more of his play and all of that. I mean, I think he had as much to do, if not more, for his team than McDavid. But you can't argue with the points. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. 
the points are just there. They're ridiculous. He's an amazing player. So yeah, I think it's going to be McDavid's award. I don't. I, I, the only question is, is it going to be unanimous, or is somebody actually going to go and vote for Pasta or uh, Kachuk? I think it's probably going to be unanimous. And Chris, I, I would you totally the other day yeah, that, uh, that trade rumor to me, and I had heard that too. Could you imagine both Kachuk brothers being on the same team? Yeah, that's a rumor yeah. going out that wow. Florida is looking to pick up Brady from Ottawa and put them both of them on that team. Um, well, I'll tell you, this next week is going to be crazy between yeah, you know, the trades. Today, right? That's why Saturday is going to be fun, July 1st, first day of free agency. I think this week is going to be crazy. I think you're going to see a lot of trades happening this week. Um, so we also have the, the Norris Trophy for best defenseman. We got Adam Fox from the Rangers, Eric Carlson, San Jose, Kale McCarr, Colorado. Uh, again, it comes to, you know, the offensive production. Eric Carlson had over 100 points. Is he? Is anyone else going to take the Norris from him, or is this Carlson's award? Uh, look, they, they tend to always go on points, which is kind of a shame. I mean, like, if I was getting a vote, I would, for the MVP, I would pick Kachuk. Uh, for the Norris, I wouldn't just hand it to the best point total. I mean, that, that especially that one. Because that one says best defenseman. But let's face it, for our entire lifetimes, I don't know, I can't think of a time where it wasn't the best scoring defenseman. And that yeah. was the ri- and they don't title it the right way. Do you yeah. think that they should have another award for best defensive defenseman? Absolutely. I mean, they got a best defensive forward. Right. Right? I mean, so why not a best defensive no. defenseman? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. They have, the yeah, the best offensive forward, but they also have the best offensive defenseman. And that's the only defensive trophy that's given out which yeah is basically that's it it's just a matter of your points i mean i would think out of these guys in the best season i mean yeah carlson did it and he did it at an old age uh but adam fox has got to be in the conversation i mean he's friggin' ridiculous um fox had what 12 goals he had had, what 70 something points this year the guy was impressive i mean he's oh yeah he's really impressive i mean then we, but I think it'll probably go to Eric Carlson. So it'd be McDavid and Carlson, Vesna. Um, again, this one I think is a foregone conclusion. You got Connor Hollebuck, Ela Sorokin from the Islanders, and Linus Olmark from Bruins. I mean, it's it's Olmark, right? Yeah. If we're going on those all important numbers, yeah. Um, I, the only thing with the goalies that you can kind of, uh, if you choose to, weight save percentage best. And I don't know if you have the numbers in front of you. I don't either. I don't. But, like, uh, to me, I kind of feel like the Vesna sometimes should go to the guy with the highest save percentage more than the guys with the best goals against average. Goals against average is, is a team number. To be honest, save percentage, you, it, you know, it's it, if you have a great save percentage, you probably have a great defense too because they're giving you a chance to stop every puck and then you're doing your job. But, um, you know, you cannot, even if you're playing – as good as possible, have the best goals against without a uh, solid defensive well, team. Omar would have the best save percentage out of these three this year with .938. You got oh, Sorokin good. coming in this year at .924, and Hollebuck coming in this year at .920. So right. Omar does have the best save percentage, too. Then I have no problem with him at all, at all getting that. Yeah. yeah. You have any issues with that, Tone? No, no, I think it's going to be Omar. Uh, the Ted Lindsay Award, given annually to the most outstanding player in the NHL, is voted by fellow members of the NHL Players Association. Eric Carlson, San Jose Sharks, Connor McDavid, Edmonton Oilers, David Pasternak, the Bruins, 
I I don't I, this one. I mean, I, I don't never understood this award. Could, I don't know if you have a, a handle on what we're talking about. This is a good guy. I don't know. He's uh, a good players association member. Entire. The I, award is given annually to the most outstanding player in the NHL as voted by fellow members of the players. So it's voted by their peers. That's what it comes down to. So um, yeah, it's just it's just the the players voting on these three guys. So uh, okay, and they are again who? They're Pasternak, McDavid, and Carlson. So I look, then I really don't understand this award because these <laughs> are the same fucking guys we just talked about uh, getting other awards. You'd think that this award was so that the players can say, "Hey, those guys with the point totals are great," but what about these guys? Yeah, I, I agree. So it does kind of seem like just fucking redundant. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, you have anything that's to add with the Ted Lindsay Award, other than it just be a bullshit I, award? Dan said it I see. All. <laughs> yeah. You, you can that award. That's bullshit. That I award. agree. There's a couple of these I would can. Calder, <clears throat> excuse me, Calder Trophy for the uh, Rookie of the Year. We got Maddie Beneers in Seattle, Owen Power out in Buffalo, and Stuart Skinner of Edmonton. Um, me personally, if I was voting, I'd vote Maddie Beneers. Um, just being one of the we had a great regular season, one of the best offensive guys on a Seattle team that really overachieved this year. Uh, I would go with Matty Beneers, but I think you could probably make an argument for Stuart Skinner and what he did with Edmonton this year. But what do you guys think? I'm going to go with Skinner, but I can see it being Beneers too, but I'm going to go with Skinner. You would go with the goalie, huh? Yeah. All right, Dan? Um, I, I don't have a strong opinion either way with these guys. You know what I think sometimes, though, with these uh, – rookie awards is that sometimes like guys qualify for their rookie year not even though it's not like their their real rookie year is their second year you ever notice that yes and sometimes that would be like more interesting to look at a guy who had his first full season he came on you know as a so i don't know and then these these three guys have very you know interchangeable to me i'm not sure I haven't seen enough games of any of them, to be quite honest. I have a strong opinion on it. Now, the next category is one I think there there should be a lot of argument about because I think it's a foregone conclusion of who's going to get it, but I also don't think that he should get it. That's the Jack Adams Award for Coach of the Year. You have Dave Haxtell okay. with the the Seattle Kraken. I mean, took this team second year, brought them to the second round of the playoffs. They beat the champs in round one, knocking off Colorado in seven. Uh, did a fantastic job. You got Jim Montgomery out in Boston. Um, look, he took over uh, a team that was built. He took over a team that had everything there. Um, and they had a historic season. I get that. Uh, but at the same time, how much of that was Montgomery and how much of that was just the Bruins and the team that they had there? And then we have Lindy Ruff of the Devils. Biggest turnaround in in NHL history, um, you know, from one season to the next. Uh, I just don't know how you can not give this thing to Lindy Ruff when we all know it's going to go to Jim Montgomery. But I just feel like Lindy Ruff, if you just say coaching and what did he do as far as the turnaround of this team, everybody expected Boston to be in the playoffs. Nobody expected them to completely drop off. Nobody expected them to have the season they had. But there was nobody that thought the Devils were going to be even halfway as good as they were. So when you look at Coach of the Year, I just don't know how Hextall or uh, Montgomery can get it over Ruff. I, I, that's just my opinion. 
Yeah, Lindsay should definitely get this. Lindsay should definitely get this award because you know, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're you're starting out on third base uh, with with uh, Boston. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's face it. Come on, um, and then again, we're not supposed to talk about playoffs, but what a spectacular collapse in my mind. That's going to tarnish his uh, shot as well because. You know, you need somebody to turn that ship around. You got to blame everybody in the in the room, including the coach there. With that, again, we're not allowed to talk playoffs. Fine, but um, he, yeah, he started out with like a team I, I could coach, uh, and I, I could have got that team in the playoffs myself with no NHL experience because they were that good. The Devils were such a difficult team to coach in terms of like they had a bunch of new pieces. That yeah, I mean, we know Fitzgerald did a great job adding new pieces, but just trying to fit them together. Plus, I will tell you that I give Lindy a ton of credit because I don't fully understand him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, to this day, some of the moves he made, I, I never would quite get it, but it, he always found a way to make it work. In the end, I don't blame him for the, you know, collapse. I think we talked about well, where they fell short in round two. I wouldn't say it was a coaching issue at all. I really wouldn't. I would say, you know, personnel they need to add. We talked about that. You know, goaltending they'd like to shore up. And then uh, I can't blame him at all. He did spectacular. It is a record, like you said. Yeah. I mean, that's that's got to count for something. I mean, a big, a, a, the biggest turnaround a coach can make was made under Lindy. So I, I yeah, it's it's real travesty if he doesn't get this. You know, it might somebody might say, oh, that's a devil podcast. You guys are being homers, but I really do believe objectively that that Lindy uh, should win this, and it's kind of far and away his to win. And if Boston doesn't have the season that they have, the historic season that they have, this is a no-brainer, right? It's Lindy Ruff. Uh, right. So, I, yeah. I mean, what do you think, Tony? It's, it's Whenever I hear you say, Dan, I hate playoffs, all I think is Mora. I can't help it. Coach Mora about the playoffs. Oh, back but, uh, in the, yeah, when you he know, was coaching the Colts. Yeah. But uh, I've been team Ruff all year. I mean, I've totally thought he did a great job this year he turned around this team like i mean what a difference from the year before right and who who thought we would even have this kind of year i mean i had a halfway through the season i'm like this might be for real you know this is this is like really going on this team is really playing like this um like i said i think Ruff doesn't get enough respect sometimes i mean the guys coach over 1700 games i mean the guys you know i don't know i've been team rough all year like i said so i think i hope he wins it i think he deserves it oh and and I definitely other, agree, Dan, about the starting on third base with Boston because that's kind of what it's like, right? Sure. It's like, yeah. Here's the, here's the goal line. Just hop across there. Yeah, and then you got the. Now we're getting into some devil stuff. Um, we got the Selkie Trophy, which again is one that I think is um, going to be a predetermined. Um, so this is for the best defensive forward. Patrice Bergeron, who I think's won it, I think twelve times. Is that right, or something absolutely ridiculous? You got Nico Heischer and Mitch Marner from Toronto. Uh, I this one, I think Bergeron probably does deserve it. Uh, I don't think that Heischer is really at his level yet. I think that if he retires this year, Bergeron, this will be an award that I think Heischer and guys like him and Marner will be up for every single year and he sure will definitely win his few uh in his career but i just think this year i mean bergeron's bergeron he's fucking amazing so i would probably i have no problem with bergeron winning this one what about you guys i agree with you on that too actually i'm, I'm bergeron also yeah it makes a lot of sense um is for all year too the devils as they found themselves they did better and better at shutting teams down 
and when you when you do that, that's your your best defensive uh, forward. It has a huge thing to say about that, and you know whether you're going to be good at that or not. But their identity kind of like took a while to develop. Whereas Boston was consistently all year long. You fall behind a goal, you're done. Yeah, and that is in large part due to Bergeron. So you got to give it to him for that. Um, yeah, Nico's on track to, to to take the lead in that department very soon. Uh, you know, maybe he becomes uh, better than Bergeron ever was, but we'd be happy if he's just around that level. Yeah, I agree. That's pretty good. I agree. If, if Nico Heischer, when his career is all said and done, you can say talk about him and Bergeron the same breath. He's had a hell of a career. Yes. So this is the one where I think the Devils might actually win one, and that's the Lady Bing. Um, mm. For the best sportsmanship and genuine, general, gentlemanly conduct, or like we used to call it, the vagina. He must have missed his fight in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a playoff trophy. It's a regular yeah, season trophy. I know. What did he have? Like about. two or three minors all year, uh, yeah. Jack. So it's it's Jack Hughes, Anze Kopitar from the Kings, and Braden Point for the Lightning. I actually think Hughes is going to win this one. I think so, too. I think he's got enough attention on him. Also, look at the style he plays. Highly skilled. Is not necessarily what you call a powered forward. I mean, we've seen him throw his weight around when he has to, but he doesn't push through guys. He dances around them. He, you know, and that kind of guy does is obviously going to draw penalties, but he's not going to take too many. Uh, and, you know, he's also going to have so much attention on him uh, that, you know, it's... Uh, I understand why he's going to get it. It it makes sense. I've never, you know, been a super huge fan of that award, and I, I'm it's super terrible. happy to know that. It's a yeah, terrible like, award. You kind of don't want your best players to win it, but I'll be honest. In the case of Jack, I don't mind too much because uh, we see now already in the playoffs, if he's got to get a little nasty, he will. You know, right. so all year long, if he wants to play in a way where he can rack up almost a hundred points and you know be that strong but yet also uh, come time for playoffs, get be as gritty as possible. Yeah, he can collect Lady Bings. That's fine with me. And he looks so, he looks so uh, they were doing the press conferences, and you could just see it in his face. The dude just hates the media. And he hasn't, like, even being there, I've seen this with him, and I think he's going to win it too. I just think it's funny with him. I've watched, like, all that stuff, like, the last two days, and you could just see it in his face. You know, I don't know if he really wants that award or not. I'll tell you, though, you see Jack Hughes in these – just in this last year, how much of a leader he's become on this team. I mean, and I love the fact that he is outspoken as he is. He doesn't give a shit what people think, what people say. He just says how he feels. And uh, I tell you, he's going to... I didn't know if he had those chops, that leadership chops if when he first came in. But no, he's turning me around. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the lady being... Yeah, it's it's, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Here's here's the biggest snub in my opinion. Uh, again, I don't mean to sound so much of a homer, but Jim Gregory General Manager of the Year award. I just don't get how Fitzgerald was not in that conversation because you can put you put Lindy Ruff in the Coach of the Year category. How do you not put Tom Fitzgerald? Everything that he yeah. has done. I mean, yeah, of course, there's missteps throughout, but nothing. He has had no missteps that have cost this team or set this team back. Uh, as, his his uh, plus-minus is awesome right now. Right. I mean, if you want to really split hairs and say, you know, he went out and got Andreas Janssen, like, okay, big deal. That was a bust. But who cares? He got rid of, you know, at this point now, any of the old guard, the the Miles Wood and, the, you know, Severson gone, Wood being gone, this whole team is Tom Fitzgerald. 
You know, yeah. there's there's going to be nobody left around. I think from any other administration, and just again, biggest point what total. A, yeah, what a busy year he yeah. had too. I mean, he made he made the biggest trade deadline move. That's got to count for something that yeah. you could pick up the biggest fish out there. But going into the season last year, he made so many key changes that, let's face it, you know, we talk about Lindy should get the Jack Adams. There's no way he does that without those moves. Yeah, there's no way this team's getting off the mat, breaking into the playoffs. And fighting for the uh, you know second place in the conference, uh, you know all the way down to the wire, without those moves, uh, they made some huge moves that really helped us. Added some experience, added some reliable goaltending. Yeah, I mean, it, without that, uh, we would not be anywhere close to talking about playoffs. Do you want to make a case for Tom Fitzgerald tone before we oh, talk yeah, about I, the guys that are actually up for it? I think the thing with Fitzgerald is that he's just – I always feel like the Devils aren't your flashy pick if you're like, the, you know, for the NHL. It's kind of like, you know, I mean, you can't help ignore Jack Hughes, right? Cause he's but just, I just don't know how much longer Devil fans can, we can lean on that. I really don't. I, I don't I don't feel like – I feel like that's so changing. I, everyone that you talk to, anyone that you, is involved in the media now, they talk about the Devils in that same breath as contending teams, fun team to watch – all that stuff. I think that we're not going to be able to lean on that. Nobody gives us respecting because I think it's going to come. I think the and I fact think it's of, going to come from going back to Jack Hughes. It's going to come from that. He's something yeah. a player like this is. Going and to, he's you sure. know, they love Hughes and he's sure. Yeah. He is going to be our like you know. I mean, I don't know how do you say it. He's he's basically the face now of the organization. He's a marketable face. Like he was number four on the jersey sales in NHL. That's great. I can't. I mean, I don't know. I bet you Brodor, I don't know the ranks when Brodor was playing on this jersey sale, but I'm sure that Jack Hughes is probably... I don't think the Devils the even had anybody ever in the top ten of jersey sales, I would say. Yeah, bet. I mean, this guy is... It goes back to him because I think that you're right. I think that this team is going to be a desired team to play with. I think we're seeing that already now. When you have guys like Hullabuck saying, hey, I would go here. You know, I don't think you would have had that two years ago. Look at Crawford, what he pulled on us. We were just talking about that a few episodes ago. Yeah. We, the whole organization has changed so much, and I think you're right, Chris. I think we're not going to be able to lean against that right now. But I still think the NHL hasn't understood it yet. I think Bettman still doesn't get that the Devils are going to be good for the next ten years, hopefully, at least eight. Well, I mean, we're just sitting here singing the praise of the Tom Fitzgerald. All those things should be true and be good for the next, you know, decade or so, unless he completely you know, pull some shit out in the next year or so that sets us back, but I just don't see that happening. Next year we're like 12 and 40. <laughs> you know, it, next year is going to actually be a really tough, be tough... It's going to be a really tough year for this team because they're it's not... not out of the realm of possibility that they, they hit a wall and they run to some yeah. trouble. I mean, I don't want to think negatively, but it can happen. It, a couple injuries, uh, you know, and a rough start, and, and you never we could be fighting to get in the playoffs. Yeah, I, or, I think that or they, worse. I think they'll be in there. I think, yes, they're yeah. going to get in the playoffs. I would even say right now they're probably, I would have them favored to win the Metropolitan Division. But, sure, anything can happen. Um, yeah. And now we go to the Jim Gregory General Manager of the Year Award nominees, Jim Nill over in Dallas. Um, I don't know much about what the Stars did this year. I know they had a good year. They made it to the what, Western Conference Finals, but mm-hmm. playoffs don't count. Don Sweeney, Boston, okay, we know what they did. The guy that I think is going to win it is Bill Zito, Florida. I just think you go out and you get Matthew Kachuk, that's enough to get you GM of the year. So that's how, that's where I'm leaning. I could see Bill, yeah. I could see Zito because you have to figure Florida has to get some kind of recognition for what they did this year. You know, I mean, there's got to be some. I mean, they are a pretty miraculous story. Uh, so, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised with that. 
Honestly, I'm a little ignorant of who else those GMs added to their teams, especially in the case of Dallas. Uh, you know, what kind of moves they made. I know Fitzgerald's moves, uh, we could talk about, what, four or five of them that were huge. Um, and if you could, if you look at the uh, the other two teams and you see similar numbers, then it, I get it. Um, of course, Florida seems very interesting because one of those moves we know had such a powerful impact. We already said that uh, Kachuk should probably win the MVP award. And since it's like such a huge thing to get the guy who's really, at least in our minds, MVP, and I got a pick from those three, yeah. I'll give it to Florida too. And we have a couple more bullshit awards. You got the King Clancy Memorial Trophy, given annually to a player who best exemplifies leadership qualities on and off the ice and has made a noteworthy humanitarian contribution in his community. The winner is chosen by select members of the Professional Hockey Writers Association and the NHL Broadcasters Association. That's Michael Backlund from Calgary, Anders Lee from the Islanders, and Darnell Nurse from Edmonton. Again, does anyone? I don't have anything. To I have say. no I idea what they did. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I have no idea. And that goes the same thing with the Bill Masterton Memorial Trophy, given annually. NHL player voted to best exemplify the qualities of perseverance, sportsmanship, and dedication to hockey, as voted by the members of the Professional Hockey Writers Association. Again, what the fuck's the difference of half of these? Clayton, I don't know. Clayton Keller, Arizona. Chris Letang, Pittsburgh. Alex Stalock, Chicago. I say it probably goes to Letang. The guy had a stroke, still came back. Give it to him. I don't even know what the award's for. Perseverance. Stroke, okay. Stroke, well, stroke recovery. Stroke, yeah, stroke would be uh, definitely in there. And then there's um, the Mark Messier NHL Leadership Award given to the player who exemplifies great yeah. leadership qualities to his team on and off the ice during the regular season. Suggestions for nominees are solicited from fans, clubs, and NHL personnel, but the selection of the three finalists and the ultimate winner is made by Mark Messier. Oh, fuck him. A member of the Hockey (laughs) Hall of Fame and one of the finest leaders in NHL history. So this is the only award where one guy gets to pick it. And no finalists have even been announced, and winners will be unveiled tonight at the award. So they just say... Here's a bunch of guys that we are nominating, Mark. You pick who best is, you know, your little right. clone. First of all, Scott c- Stevens NHL leadership. Well, I agree, <laughs> but can, can we? Can I take a little? Fuck? Di- I don't. I don't <laughs> you understand. Think guy gets to pick his own fucking award winner. It's the Messier Awards. It, it's it's crazy. But on the topic of Messier and the Rangers, I I don't know if I mentioned this to you guys. Stop me if I did. When at last I was at the Garden for a concert, I looked and I noticed they had two number 11s, and by the way, two number 9s retired. Is that right? Why can't, why can't the Rangers retire a number correctly? Both in the case of Graves and Messier, they were the second of right. their numbers retired. Is it because they're such huge pricks that they made them pull that number out of retirement for themselves? I would say definitely a yes for Messier on that. I don't Can you know imagine that your number 11, whoever the fuck that guy was, I forget now, and... Now you see another number 11 on the rafters next to you? Right. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. That was supposed to retire. That means that nobody was supposed to wear that ever again. They don't know how to retire a number. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, there's two nines and two 11s, and I got to look up who they were. I forget. Uh, one of them was familiar to me. I'm trying to remember who they were. But I, I still don't understand. I don't think there can be an explanation other than the Rangers. Uh don't know how to retire a number. Couldn't tell <laughs> Messier and Graves, no, you can't have that number. Because really, they're such, like, whore of a team, you know? Like, no, we got to get the big name. Vic Hadfield 
That was the yeah. first number eleven. Okay. Um, so how he about played, the number nine? Played from sixty-one to seventy-four. Yeah, sixty-one to seventy-four for the Rangers. And number nine was we know Adam Graves and Andy Bath- Andy Bathgate. Bathgate. Now I've, I've heard of him. To Billy Bathgate. Oh, maybe played I'm thinking by, of Billy Bathgate. Played by Dustin Hoffman. That's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Billy Bathgate, Andy Bathgate. Uh, was the original number um, one, number nine? But that's just that's crazy. That like, why yeah. would they do that? Yeah, he should give himself an award for the most numbers elevens retired. Dude, <laughs> just the Mark Messier douchebag award. There you go. We're gonna retire your number, but seventeen other guys are gonna wear it after we retire it. Uh, nobody will wear eleven now. But yeah. when Mark comes into town and he says, "But I'm number eleven. Sorry, Mark. We have number eleven already in the Raptors. So take it down. I want number eleven. I'm Mark exactly. Messier." If you ever seen a kid like at a, a kid's team, high school, whatever, get all bitchy about their number, it's the most childish thing in the world. I agree. And I can't believe some players still do that. I agree. Um, New York has ruined number eleven, except for Gardner, obviously. But well, we got. Um, so now there's you know the talk now we're getting really close into free agency and um, the draft but free agency and trade the time is really going to start picking up free agency opens up on Saturday uh, and there's going to be I think a ton of trades but we're talking about the possibility well first thing you know what before we get into that let me ask you guys do you think anybody's going to pick up Mackenzie Blackwood I mean, I honestly uh, don't know if he's going to have a job in the NHL next season. I think the Devils will try to squeeze him into a deal, right? If there's something going to be done, they're going to try to make him like pretty much one of those things that you have to take. Like, but he's a UFA. Of, we don't even have any. I mean, what, can, what the hell are you going to yeah. trade? You can't put him into a trade. Yeah. You know, yeah. Does, he no longer has a contract don't sign after him. Saturday. Yeah, release him. yeah, don't sign him for anything, please. Well, I mean, you don't have to release him. After Saturday, he's no longer on the team. He can do whatever he wants. So that's what I'm saying. He can go sign anywhere. But is anybody actually going to sign him? We're up to what? With 32 teams, do any of them really need a third or fourth goaltender in their system right now? If the answer is yes, you could do worse than picking Blackwood. The thing is, he's going to have to come down off his numbers. He was getting paid good money. And uh, who's going to take him for that money? That is uh, starter money. That's like... Lower end starter money, but that's starter money, and he's not a starting goaltender in NHL. He's just—I don't know who wants him it for like, it to be their number one. I think what two six, two seven around there, right? He was. Yeah, him. I mean, yeah, not top echelon, but like nobody's taking number three and four at that cost, are they? I mean, who's doing that? Well, I mean, yeah, he's definitely not getting a raise. I mean, if anything, maybe yeah, league minimum at that point. Um, but what about um, Ryan Graves? What do you think? Where do you think he's going to end up? I hope he ends up someplace with a good team. Because I, you know, the guy gets traded from Colorado and they go on to win the cup, and then he's going to end up leaving Jersey just because there's just it's not for any, he he got moved from Colorado from salary cap constraints. He's leaving New Jersey basically just because we're too deep and we don't need him. Uh, and you know, Devils go on the next year or two to win a cup. I kind of feel bad for this dude because I really like Ryan Graves. Uh, but where do you? I thought you I heard know, his name linked to Florida for some reason. You know what? I can kind of see him in Florida. Um, I was thinking that too. I didn't hear that he was linked there, but you know they're probably going to lose. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Gudis, and you know they do need somebody back there. Yeah. Um, but I do hope that Graves ends up somewhere. I don't give a shit where Blackwood ends up. I really have no interest. But 
that is something I am going to be interested to see. And then lastly, the other guy we know is going to be leaving, Miles Wood. Yeah, it's a bummer. I actually like Miles Wood. Uh, but I, I picture him, you know, I think I mentioned to you guys earlier, I could picture him with Boston for some reason. They're going to get, the Boston's going to make a lot of moves. I, I've constantly seen a lot of the Twitter. They don't have a lot of money. That's Boston. the problem. They don't. They're up against it when it comes to the cap, Boston. So I don't know. They're getting rid of a lot of dudes. I think this week. Boston. I mean, if Bergeron and Krejci don't come back, they're they're in trouble. And they, but I I I would like to see like uh, I could see Miles Wood going to Detroit and playing with a young team like that. And you have that little bit of that veteran leadership. He brings he brings some good stuff to the teams uh, to to his play. I I like that. I could maybe see Wood going to Detroit. But those three guys are definitely going to be gone next week. It would be interesting to see where they end up, if they end up places. But all the talk for Devil fans now are the possibility of the trade for Connor Hollibuck. And we went over it in the last show, but I do want to come up. I have a bunch of unrestricted free agent goalies. I want to go over them with you guys and... Do you think that any of these guys would be an upgrade to the Vanacek-Schmid pairing that we have right now? First one is Freddie Anderson, Carolina Hurricanes. He's 33 years old. This season, he went 21-11-1. He had a 2.48 goals against, a .903 save percentage. And in 479 career starts, he's 282, 125, and 52 with a 2.58 goals against, a .915 save percentage, 24 shutouts, and he's just finishing up a two-year deal worth $9 million from Carolina, $4.5 million annual cap hit. So that's the first one, Freddie Anderson. Do you guys think that Freddie Anderson upgrades you from Vanacek and Schmidt or no? I do not. I saw him, you know, I think he's a good goalie, but I think I think that uh, what we have is just as good, if maybe not better. What about you, Dan? It's very possible that Schmidt exceeds Anderson by a good deal when all is said and done. He's kind of untested. Uh, when you mentioned Blackwood, it pissed me off because I'm thinking we would have known more about Schmidt if you didn't have if you had some of those games. So I'm interested to see Schmidt play this year and see if he could go that far if, if that's what we're doing. Uh, so, yeah, I don't think I'd make that move uh, for Anderson. Now, Hallibuck's a different story. Uh, I think he really has something special that is top tier. So whether or not Schmidt develops that or not, uh, you're you're looking at a much better option than Anderson. I, so, I think you know, I think Vitek Vanacek I'd take over over Freddie Anderson. I yeah, mean, especially I, yeah. at the price point too, with what you get. Absolutely, and I'm not sold mm-hmm. on Vitek Vanacek not being able to have a good playoffs. I'm also concerned about going into the playoffs with Vanacek, uh, but. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I think that, uh, uh, you know, Anderson and Vanacek, um, I, you know, I don't think either one of them really stand out from the other. Yeah. The second guy is, <clears throat> excuse me, Laurent Brassois, Vegas, 30 years old. Uh, he's got 117 regular season games, 96 starts under his belt for 49, 41, and 11. 2.78 goals against, .908 save percentage. Uh, and three shutouts. This he signed a two-year deal with Vegas for 4.65 million. So his cap hit every year is about 2.3. Uh, I like Brossois, and I the little bit that I've seen him play between Vegas and Colorado, 
Uh, I do like him, but, I mean, he's kind of injury-prone, no? I mean, he's, he's very in and out of the lineup. So, again, a 30-year-old Brassois for 2.3, I'll take Vanacek. Yeah, yeah I, I, I don't see it as an upgrade. Uh, this guy, I didn't even know was fucking playing. This is why I put him on the list. I did not even know that Brian Elliott was still playing with oh, Tampa wow. Bay. Uh, 38 years old. He's got a... Uh, 22 regular season starts this year. He went 12-8-2 for 3.4 goals against, .891 save percentage, and two shutouts. He's played 500 games for six teams in 16-year career, 279, 167, and 54 all-time, 2.57 goals against, .909 save percentage, 45 shutouts in 543 games. Uh, that was 495 starts, and he gets $900,000. So we are not at all interested in a 38-year-old Brian Elliott, right? No, I don't know what, you know, what team is looking for somebody in that role. Maybe um, to just be the backup uh, you know, with a little experience. If they got a hot kid and they want like an experienced backup to work with him. Like, like but, Tampa you know, Bay. I, I, I mean, you right. have him behind or Vasilevsky, we, and you can get, yeah. you know, it gives you a few starts a year, and that's all you really need. Or even if we had a hot kid, like uh, I'm thinking of uh, Hill, uh, he's, he came off a great year, and you know you, we're looking at a backup for Hill. Maybe you know put him in there, but uh, I don't see us there. I mean, he could be maybe with that and Schmid if a worst case. But we have Vanacek, so what we what that's are we true. doing talking about him? So yeah, and that's what I feel like. A lot of these guys are interchangeable with Vitek Vanacek. Um, yes, this guy I like. Uh, the we saw him play a lot this year. Yaroslav Halak with the Rangers. Yeah. Um, backing up Sturkin. He's old, though. He's 38. Mm-hmm. He's uh, had uh, 25 games this year, 24 starts. Tony, we're talking about Yaroslav Halak. I know you just okay. came back. Uh, he was 10-9-5 this year, 2.72 goals against, .903 save percentage, one shutout. In his career, he's played 581 games, 539 starts for 295, 189, and 69 uh, career. 2.5 goal against, 9.915 save percentage, 53 shutouts. He signed a one-year deal with the Rangers last year for $1.5 million, and now he's unrestricted free agent. Uh, does Yaroslav Halak do anything? No. I like Halak. I think he's a good player. But, again, is he better than Vanacek and Schmidt? I don't, yeah, I don't think so. Not going to help our team. This guy is going to be worth talking about. Dan, you just brought him up. Aiden Hill. Right. Vegas Golden Knights coming off the Stanley Cup. He's 27 years old. He played 27 games this year, 25 starts. What's up, Tom? He signed with uh, Vegas today. Oh, he did sign? Yeah. How much? Two years. Two years. Uh, I'll find out in a second for you. But he signed uh, today, I believe it was. Wow, they extended him. That's interesting because they got a couple of guys in the pipe. I wasn't. I didn't think Aiden Hill was going to be back there. So they're saying that they're nearing a, today, as we speak, they're nearing a two-year extension with Vegas. He is for four point nine uh, million AAV range. Oh, a four. So he's going to get it because he he was about a two point one seven. So he's going to get like a two and two and a half million dollar raise. So good for and him. If you if you can't get a raise by winning a Stanley Cup, then yeah, you can't get a raise at all. Good for him. So we won't even yeah. discuss him then. So. There's, uh, I just to <laughs> Vegas would uh, you know look pretty stupid if he goes on to be some other team stud. They have a Stanley Cup winning goalie that they got for peanuts basically or lower end money, and they just 
didn't want to double almost nothing. So. I, I it's crazy. Back my, in the day, you never would have saw that, right? Now you see these bullies, they win a cup and they're gone. Well, as I was going to say, I scratched my head last year when they yeah. let, when Colorado let uh, Brisbane and um, what's his name? Um, Kemper. Kemper, thank you. Kemper Stay go. Away. And he let both of your goalies go. They both played in the playoffs for him. I mean, Kemper was yeah. the guy that they rode most of the way, but to let them both go... Um, it was very weird. So I, I'm glad that Vegas, uh, you know, signed him because he's a heck of a goalie. He did, fucking deserves it. I mean, you played your ass off, you win a Stanley Cup, and then your team just says, all right, you can go sign anywhere. Um, yeah. Because I kind of feel like goalies are getting a little bit of that, like, uh, they're not getting the respect that they used to get. And it's kind of like uh, NFL, NFL running backs now. People feel like... Thing. It doesn't matter. Like, Dan, yeah. you had discussed in depth about, you know, how these guys are kind of cookie cutters, a lot of these guys. There are yeah. a few that just kind of stand above the rest, uh, Hollabucks and Vasileskis and Sesterkins and those dudes. But right. the middle of the pack are pretty interchangeable pieces. They so, really are. It's a huge middle now. Right. It's a huge middle. Uh, and I think it's two things, really. It's, number one, the style of play. The style of play is, it being so technical it, 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 and that everybody – learns that exact style right number two the the size they're all going for these guys at a certain size which if that's such a prerequisite it's kind of funny because although among the whole population of people they are rare but once you pull them all together it's like it's like baseball pitchers being left-handed it's like everybody's a lefty you know it's like it's right because they, they they're the ones who made it to the top so at that point just get me another lefty you know just get me another six four goaltender and now, I mean, I'm not a, a, a goaltending guru. I'm not going to pretend to be, but I did. Like Connor Hollebuck is not that cookie cutter, right? I mean, he's admittedly said, "I am probably the least flexible yes. goalie in the league because he is much more into, you know, positioning and you know, instead of right. making the quick, flashy saves and everything." Which a lot of people, that a lot of things that I've read, people seem to believe that gives him the longevity. So the fact that he is right. 30. Maybe we're not worrying about him for five, six, seven years because of the way he plays. Do you see that? I do, and I notice a lot of the the, the guys in the in the mainstream right now they're relying on that RVH style. So the RVH, you know, uh, specifically that one is the one where the goaltender has their post side leg up uh, underneath them, and they have their whole body shoved against the post. Right. So they're down on that one knee. If you ever look at that position, the torque that puts on your knee is amazing. I mean, you're bending that leg back, and then you're standing up on it. The hip and the knee forces are, like, incredible. And I think that is, uh, like, when you mentioned longevity, like, an RVH-style goaltender limits their longevity for sure. And it's not that he doesn't use that. It's just he doesn't use it all the time. You'll see guys... They're constantly going from one side of the post to the other, RVH. Um, once in a while, that style will bite them, too, in goals. So you see a, a goaltender let one by the head, you know, because right. he's constantly on his knees, even though the play was maybe, you know, uh, along the, the goal line where he could have just stood up against it, you know. Uh, but, it, it, yeah, I, I think that he's a little different that way. That's for sure. Definitely. Another guy we got on the list that's going to be a um – Unrestricted free agent is Tristan Jari, 28 years mm-hmm. old from Pittsburgh. Uh, again, another guy with a lot of injuries. <clears throat> His season this year, he was 24-13-7 for 2.9 goals against, .909 save percentage, 
two shutouts in <clears throat> 47 games this year. He's played 206 regular season games. 148 of those were starts at 117, 60, and 20 with a 2.65 goals against, a .914 save percentage, 13 shutouts. He's finishing up a con- three-year contract worth $10.5 million with a $3.5 million annual average for Tristan Jari, who now is going to be a free agent. Uh, does he do anything for you guys? I like him, but again, what the yardstick we keep using is it better than Vanacek or not, and I don't think so. So I don't think I'd make that move for Jari and give up Vanacek for him. I don't think I'm really seriously upgrading at that point. Most of this list is like that, right? I think yeah. that I'm the same way. Like this, this whole free agency, actually. I mean, this year, you know, a lot of players. It's not like a great list, and I think think that Aiden Hill was probably one of my favorites that you mentioned off of that list. That's already obviously spoken for from Vegas. So I think that with Schmidt and Vanacek, you know, I mean, I think that none of, I think that it's uh, our goaltending is not that it's set for the year, but I think with all these guys we just mentioned, I think it's just as good. Well, there's three guys left. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Dan. No, I was going to say, because I, I think, if I recall, Tony was, like, least excited of all of us about the prospect of getting Hellebuck. Right. So you're you're still, you're still also including Hellebuck when you say, like, I don't know, no, man. I, I like might just, Hellebuck. I just don't. You just, just don't, I, you don't want to give up Schmidt for him. Right. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Gotcha. I, I, this guy I really like a lot. Um, Jonas Corposalo. Las Vegas, Los Angeles, 29 years old. This year he had 37 starts. He played in 39 games. He won 18, 14, and 4 between Columbus and, and L.A. 2.87 goals against, .915 save percentage, one shutout in a career, 221 games. He had 201 starts, 94, 81, 25. Goals against is 3.01. Most of that was with uh, the Blue Jackets. So you got to keep right. that in mind. .904 save percentage and four shutouts. He's finishing up a, a one-year extension at $1.3 million. I really like Corpusala, and I think you know he is a very good goalie, and I think if he played on a good defensive team, he would be unbelievable. So if you really felt that you had to make an upgrade I, out of this list, I would probably go with the guys that we've talked about so far. Go with Corpusala, but again... I don't know how much better he is than Banachek and how much you know. I don't. I don't know. Out of yeah. all, and, and yeah, I mean that's the thing. Out of all these guys that are hitting the free agency market, they're goaltending. You really don't have anybody out there that's going to drastically improve our situation. Right. So maybe that, if you had similar numbers as Banachek, but was more of a workhorse, you know, where you could rely on that, uh, then that would be something. You know what I mean? Because yeah. that's that's right now. What are we What are we worried about with Banachek? You play too many games, he's not going to be there for you, that which is a problem. You know, you need that in the playoffs. You need to be able to ride your guy for, for uh, you know, a four rounds. That's it, a lot of games. Yeah, and if the Connor Hollabuck thing doesn't come to fruition with New Jersey, I do think that you're going to see a switch as far as the lion's share of the games. I do think that Schmid will have Vanacek starts and vice versa. I think yeah. that they are – you have to – if you're not going to go and commit to a Connor Hollebuck for a long-term deal, you've got to know this year what you have with Akira Schmidt. Yes, uh, I, I would think that like at least through the first half of the season, you're splitting them about 50-50 or more towards Schmidt. 
And uh, if you can't give him that kind of workload to test him out, you're going to wait too long to find out if he's good with it in the come playoff time. So, yeah, I mean, gradually I'd like to see him kind of get that spot. It all comes down to how well they're playing too, though. You have to make those decisions on the fly. Yeah. I think like, like you said, to give him the early play too because if we have to make a move, then we know, you know, maybe 20 games in or 25 games in that this is not the right tandem. And, you know, um, we have assets we can move, I mean – but that's the problem. When the season starts, though, who is going to be there? Because, you know, Connor Hollabuck's not going to be in Winnipeg the beginning of this year, which means if no. he's not traded to New Jersey, he's going to be traded somewhere. So he's off the block. All of these guys will be signed. Like, that's the thing. Like, if you don't make a deal with Connor Hollabuck, I don't think you have to be confident in Schmidt and Vanacek. It's the only – there is no yeah. changing it. You're not. Or you got to go to the trade deadline and yeah, hope that and somebody it, big comes up, which it's it could happen. But let's face it: how many great goaltenders were there at this trade deadline? None. No, it doesn't. It's very rare Corpus that you're going to find moved. somebody. That was it. Corpus yeah, Allen and moved. we could hope for something like that. Uh, but yeah, I would. It, it'd be nice, like unless you feel like nah, this is not a real upgrade for your team. You should do it now. Um, I also understand what Tony's saying, though. Like, wouldn't you like to? Like I definitely don't want to trade away my chance at seeing if Schmidt could be the man, because he very well could be. Uh, that I, would suck to see him in some other uniform next year. Yeah, just because you didn't want to give I'll it a, a year. You, I don't think Tom Fitzgerald makes the deal if Schmidt is in it. I just yeah. don't. I just do, it doesn't make sense. I and mean, Winnipeg is going to need a goalie. They're they're right. going to. You can have Vanacek uh, if you're going to bring Hollabuck over. But again, if you don't have him agreeing to verbally at least that he will sign for under his nine million that he's asking for and if you don't have to give up schmidt or a guy like mercer or somebody like that on this team i think anybody that's in that top six that's being talked about or even one of our guys like Luz and nemic down on the blue line if they are even being discussed you got to kill that deal you can't make yeah. it you can't not for one guy even though i love him and i think he'd be a hell of a goalie here uh, I the thing I like about Corpusalo is 1.3 million. So even right. if you gave the guy a little bit of a raise, um, mm-hmm. another guy that's on the list that I, I don't have any interest in. Tony, you like him? You talked about him a lot. Is Alex Lyon in Florida? Well, there, I think I think I, I don't think I like him either to join the Devils. I just think that he had he was good. You like what the, he did? He needed him. Florida, yeah. yeah. I mean, he had 14 starts this year. He played in 15 games. Went nine four and two won him like the last eight games I think uh, that he started he won for them to get him into the playoffs uh, career 39 games the guy's 30 years old he's only played 31 starts and played in 39 games 16 11 and 5 with a 3.05 goals against a .904 save percentage and one shutout and he got paid $750,000 last year somebody is going to take a shot at Alex Lyon and I right. believe that he'll get a little bit of a raise, and somebody will take him because he did show that he can play pressure situations and be successful in them this year. Uh, Alex Lyon isn't in goal. Florida doesn't even make the playoffs, so I mean he definitely has that going for him. Uh, another guy that again, all you know what the problem is with all these guys—they're all fucking old. Yeah, you know, like if but, I, you know, remember that's kind of how it goes with the goaltenders. The last uh, 21, 22-year-old goaltender is usually not proven right. at all at that point. The last guy on the list is Antti Ranta from the Canes. Right. And he's 34, and he played 27 games this year. He had 26 starts, 19-3-3, three and three, 
He had a 2.23 goals against, a .910 save percentage, four shutouts. Guys played 253 career games, 231 of those he started for a, a record of 127, 73, and 27. Career 2.43 goals against. .918 save percentage. He's got 19 shutouts. He signed a two-year, $4 million deal. That's just ending, so he's got a $2 million annual average. Uh, none of these guys... I would... If I had to take a shot on one of these guys, I would take a shot on, on Jonas Corposalo. What about you guys? Anybody here that... If you had to pick one of them, who would you take? I mean, if I had to pick one, let's let's imagine this scenario to answer the question better. We got Schmidt, but we got Blackwood, and we don't like him. We're like looking at last year's scenario. We're looking for a Vanacek. Who's the best Vanacek out there besides Vanacek? Is a question. Yeah, Corpusalo is great. That's if a you good can't question. get Halibut, That's a good way of putting it. You know, get get Corpusalo. He's great. Uh, I wouldn't mind taking a shot on Ratha. Uh, he's very experienced. He could be that steady guy to go with the, my Schmidt hopes and dreams. Uh, I- you know, I, I'm not so bad. It's that's not such a bad choice either. Or Brossois, I like him. Yep. I would yep. go. I would go with one of those three. I agree. Those are the three right. I would take. In a world which we have Vanacek, and I just I don't write him off as a like, can't perform playoff goalie. Uh, I got my concerns, but he was he had such a good year last year. Uh, he's I think he's a good fit with us to do it again with the Devils in a in a you know maybe diminishing role. Was as the Devils fans are, are hoping that. Schmidt kind of becomes their uh, future if that's if that's developed. Now that's oh, if you can't get Hellebuck, you know, and if you can get Hellebuck for the right price without throwing away your team, I think that you know you're, it's a matter of which guy are you keeping as your backup. I I just don't want to let go of Schmidt and see him be great with somebody else. But I also understand like, well, if we got Hellebuck, I mean, what do you guys think it would take? Vanacek is a decent guy. You're right, you're right, Dan. What's that, Tony? How much? What do you think we'd have to give up for Hellebuck as a rental? Like if we just got him, you know, just for this what do you year, think the package saying. would have to be because it would be a little bit less, obviously, than the. Well, like we discussed the last time, Winnipeg does not want draft picks. They want guys that they can go and put on the ice. They want guys that can play this year. I think you have to throw Alex Holtz into the list. I think if you're going to do it, I would start with Vanacek, Holtz, and uh, Sharon Govich, and and I would start there. Yeah, I think I feel like other teams are going to be able to match that. You know, yeah, other teams are going to be able to give them. Too, I think maybe I don't know, but, but they don't want draft picks. They're they going want, to ask uh, for what they're going to ask for is a Simone Nemec or a Dawson Mercer. That's what they're going stuff, to ask for. I don't. I just don't think we should do can't that. Give up a Nemitz, no. We can't give up either of them. Not for Connor Hollebuck. I just think they're going to be too important for the the. Uh, Length of this team's run. Or if, hey, look, if you be. fast forward a year from now and we have like nothing but goaltender trouble all year, then we change our tune. Sure. But we we had a very good, solid regular season out of Anacek. Uh Reason to believe his playoffs will be better, and Schmidt, who could be just ready to blow up. Uh, so like, I'm not there where I'm going to get rid of no. anybody of substance for Halibut. And to be realistic, guys, I think somebody else is going to. He's going to come over and give him what he wants. And, and we're talking about a rental situation, Tony. I don't think Hellbuck wants that. He's probably like, nah, man, I'd like to get locked into a multi-year, five, eight-year, something like that now. I, know, does he want to do a rental? I, don't, I have no idea what he wants, to be honest with you. Uh, well, I know he wants to win a cup, and but I agree with you. I don't yeah, know if he wants sure. to be a rental. But maybe he 
does what Timo Meyer did with us and just he comes over and says, all right, yeah, I'm interested in signing. We'll, we'll take care of it at the end of the season. So let's say right, uh, could be. Let me, let's just name a team that might need a goaltender. Uh, Toronto. All right. Okay. Okay. Toronto goes and they get Hallbuck and they give up, you know, Nylander and whoever else and they get Hallbuck and Hallbuck says, yeah, I mean, I definitely want to sign something after the season. Let's just play. And he plays in Toronto, realizes what a shitty place it is to play, and he wants right. out. The and curse. then we have issues with, uh, you know, our goaltending in the playoffs this coming season. Then the guy's an unrestricted free agent again, and you can sign him for nothing. Uh, that, right. of course, is the best thing to do. I don't want to give up any kind of major assets. If we can give up guys down in Utica or even guys maybe in our bottom six that we, like Sharon Govich, that don't get a lot of ice time and stuff, I'm fine with that. But I just think Luke Hughes, Simone Nemec, Dawson Mercer are going to be way too important to this team over the course yes. of the next five years that I just don't, not for anybody. Not for anybody. It doesn't matter. It's nothing against Connor Hollebuck. Just not for anybody. And I think yeah. that Tom Fitzgerald knows what you know he's doing. But I think by this time next week, it's going to be done one way or the other. I think that you are going to see trades taking off starting tonight, tomorrow, right up until uh, Saturday when free agency opens up because – that's the Thursday, other thing. Obviously, during the uh, draft, there's going to be a lot of movement. Oh, yeah. And, and I think Hollowbuck will be moved by Wednesday night. He will be moved somewhere. And maybe it'll be here. And if it's for the right price, that's awesome. Because uh, we can definitely use him. And you look at this team and how close it is now, and then you put a guy like Hollowbuck in there. It's just, you know, the one thing going into when we won, were winning cups in the 90s, 2000, the one thing we never, ever had to worry about playoff time was our goaltending. Um, It'll be nice to not worry about that again. And that just shores up so much else throughout the team. Just the knowing that you do not have to worry about that. That even if you make a mistake, he's going to be there for you. He's going to bail you out. That does a lot for young defensemen. You know, knowing that they have that fucking brick wall back there. So, yeah, remember, we're going to have some mistakes back there next year. Yeah, there's no yeah, doubt. Absolutely, we got such youth back there. We're going to have, we're going to see a lot of mistakes. I mean, but uh, yeah, it should be fun. I think it definitely should. And I'm real, more so curious to see if there's any free agents that Tom Fitzgerald has his eye on, because you know, there's not a ton of them out there that are really big names. Not like it's a huge free agency class. And Tom Fitzgerald. You know, I mean, he went out and got the big fish in Timo Meyer, but he also likes to work around the edges a little bit. So I'm curious of who he, you know, he's got to have his eye on a couple of guys. And maybe there are a couple of guys that we're not even really talking about. Uh, right. So that's exciting. I'm getting the feeling the team who's going to sign before Thursday, I think, right? I, I have this feeling. I mean, I hope so. Well, they, so asked, nice. uh, they asked Heischer about it. I, I thought it would be done before July 1st. I still agree with that. I, th- I still believe that. But they, they asked Heischer about it recently, and he was like, it's it's done. He's coming here. So, uh, you know, everybody seems to be. But, again, again, like, what's taking him so long? That's the thing. Like, what do you why? mean? I'm hearing, like, eight years, 8.5? That's about right. That's about right. I mean, the worst case scenario, if he doesn't sign that, we would have to pay him pretty much eight point five and have him on the team this year, unless Fitzgerald traded his rights away. But I don't think he would do that. So that's the worst case. You get him for one year at eight and a half. So I guess an annual average of eight and a half million for him and what he brings. I guess it's right. I mean, I know that he wants to keep everybody under Jack at eight million, but Timo Meyer's, uh, you know, he's a really, really good hockey player. 
So, uh, is there anything else that you guys would like to discuss today? Uh, I'm just really excited for the uh, for the you know the uh, draft and and, and the, see what happens when the trades can be made and uh, you know that's going to be exciting. You guys going to watch the awards? July first? No, I won't be sleeping actually because it's yeah I got to take the kids to school tomorrow. Oh yeah, I. I I have limited interest in that. I'll catch some uh, recap stuff on that. But did you guys see the preseason schedule came out? Yeah, yeah. Um, Do you have it? September twenty fifth, Montreal, um, and also I guess they're going split squad in Philly on the twenty fifth, and then uh, Thursday, September twenty eighth against the Rangers, thirtieth of September against Philadelphia, October second against the Islanders, October fourth the Rangers, and then they'll wrap up the preseason October sixth against the Islanders. Nice. All right, and when does the is season? A, is that a shorter preseason than most? That seemed like a, a handful of yeah, games. It says a, one, two, three, four, five, seven games. I'm seeing only. All What's right. there usually? I guess that's about right. I, I, was, I always feel like it was ten or something. Yeah, I kind maybe. of feel like they play like every other friggin' day for like. There's not even a training camp. It's like you show yeah. up and okay, this is everybody on the team. We have a game tomorrow, and that's just it. They just throw, and then the season starts. <laughs> when does the season start? Uh, so it'll probably be what if, if October sixth is the final. I'm thinking what probably the eighth or ninth. Yeah, it's got to be yeah, a week after. Or so no more than that. So yeah, okay, right that time. it's getting closer. It's getting closer, yes, it boys. And then this week we're gonna have, like we said, we're gonna have the uh, the draft coming up on Wednesday, so we can see who the Devils are looking. You know what what great prospects are we gonna draft in the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh rounds that we're not gonna see for five or six years? It's exciting. Will we draft in the first yeah. round? Will Fitz pull some kind of magic? I don't know. I mean, he he. There's a lot of teams that have like a. I think fucking St. Louis has three first round picks. Uh, I think like um, there's a couple of teams. Arizona has something like twenty something picks in the entire draft. Like there's some wow. teams that just have some crazy shit going on. But yeah, it'll be exciting to see if uh, you know. I guess I mean I don't get super excited about the NHL draft, especially if we're not picking in the top ten. It, it to me, yeah. it's like the you're getting prospects that you're not going to see for years. Like I'm just interested to see what kind of deals happen around yeah. it because that's always kind of exciting. Who goes where, you know? As just in the days up to it, and even at the at the uh, draft itself, you know, you got those deals where players are shipped. Yeah, right there that day. That's kind of interesting. When is free agent frenzy starts on? Is it Monday or Sunday? I, I'm not free sure. agency Saturday. Saturday. So Saturday, all the July first. Yep, July first. There's a Russian prospect that is playing in the KHL. Is uh, Mikov, I think, is his name. Yeah, he was in New York today. So this dude is going to go and get drafted, and they said he'll be in like the top five most likely. But he has like two years, three years left with his KHL contract. So you're drafting somebody that's not even going to be part of your system for another three years. Like the earliest you're going to see this guy is like the 27th season. Like I just don't. What's that? Somebody's gonna, you know, the Capitals want him really bad. I've heard, I've heard they're already trying to move around in the and their picks. It's just crazy to me to like draft a guy that's gonna play in another league for three years, and, and you're, you're especially not, so high. You're talking about a top five pick. Yeah, and you, he's not gonna help your team for three. And God forbid he rips his fucking ACL next season in KHL. Right. Um, yeah, it's it, I just hockey draft does like nothing for me. Like I said, unless we're drafting in the top. 
I heard um, he was really. They were saying that he was really hard to meet up with too, because a lot of the you know the, these teams was they want to meet up with these guys before the draft. They said he's really hard to meet up with, and you have to basically show up. I was, I don't know what I was listening to, but they said you have to show up at the rink basically when he's getting off the ice to kind of corner him. Well, he he said that he wasn't. He was he was only going to meet with specific teams. So like he he was making all these different weird demands and shit like this. Not like anybody yet never got you know burnt by a KHL player before, no, right? Not at all. And then, which brings up next season, uh, the he's up for uh, he'd be eligible for the Hall of Fame, uh, Kovalchuk. Which mm. if, if, and that yeah. son of a bitch should never Kovalchuk. get into the Hockey Hall of Fame. Never. I mean, made a joke of the league. The, seriously, if the league gives him an, an honor like that after he spit in their face, yeah, then uh, they have no self-respect at all as a league, it, and they are you know talk about being your fucking you know. Betas, your omega uh, sport out there, and just let a player uh, totally disrespect you like that twice, really, uh, walking out on teams. Uh, that'll be yeah, yeah these that'll be definitely exciting. Shouldn't even be allowed at the ceremony. <laughs> yeah, I agree. But no matter what, no matter how you cut it, by the end of this week, we will have new people in our system. Whether it be draft, trade, free agency, uh, it's going to be a lot of action. We're going to hop on. Over this week, um, if anything big happens, we will definitely hop on immediately just to talk about it, uh, even if it's real quick, just to give our thoughts on it. Uh, check us out anywhere you guys get podcasts, Amazon, um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Give us a five-star review. It goes a really long way in helping us out. Please reach out to us, unclepuckers at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of the, what you'd like to see Fitzgerald do this week, whether it be in the draft or free agency. And we'll read your stuff online. We'll talk about it. I mean, on the show, we'll talk about it. Um, other than that, we're the Uncle Puckers for Tony and Dan. I'm Chris. Uh, we will see you next time. See you when we see you. Puck is out. It's over, Jenny. It's over. It's over.